What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. Football is back in our lives. Holy crap, it feels good to have football back. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. You can rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We will be coming to you every day, Monday through Friday. After every Monday night game, we'll record something to break down the Monday night game. After every Thursday night game, we'll do the same thing, and we're doing it right now. And then we're going to get to picks with Nick Costos and Pete Prisco for every game for the weekend. But right now, I got my man, John Breach, my boy, Johnny B, on the phone, video, technically, since we're both hanging out drinking bourbon to break down Eagles-Falcons. Well, that's the only thing you can drink when it's 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern time because the game gets delayed for an hour. What a way to start the season, right? With a weather delay? This game could have ended at noon. And I would be drinking bourbon because I picked the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. I had the Falcons as one of my super contest picks, and I put some personal cash on the Falcons plus two and a half. And they should have covered. They should have, even if even if the Super Bowl thing take that out of the uh, the, take that out of the equation, they should have covered the two and a half because, frankly, they should have won the game. John, they they should have blown out the Eagles. The Falcons were, as Warren Sharp pointed out on Twitter a few minutes ago. They got down three times inside the Eagles' 10 and came away with no points. You can't do that. Well, I mean, arguably even worse because they got down there four times because uh, we'll throw in that field goal that they got. They got down to the one-yard line, the three-yard line, the five-yard line, the 15-yard line, and on those four drives came away with three points total. Uh, you know, I'm not the guy that wants to see someone fired after the first game of the season, but that's the kind of performance you're like, hey, maybe maybe a head needs to roll here. No, you're you're not wrong because like the whole thing about this offseason was okay. The, the the Falcons were great at moving the ball last year. They stunk in the red zone. Steve Sarkeesian's got you know six to eight months or whatever it is to figure out how to fix that problem, and he. He didn't. I mean, everything. So, like, even on the last series, they got bailed out by a, a an illegal contact play in the back of the end zone. But they they were just run, they. Chris Collins was looking at it and he's saying, "They're Al, they're doubling Julio, and they just keep throwing it at Julio with Matt Ryan being pressured and trying to throw it out of the back of the end zone. They're just running basic like four vert routes in in the in the red zone instead of." Trying to run crossers or, or throw some picks in there if you get called for it, whatever. I don't, there's just nothing creative about the red zone play calling breach. Yeah. I mean, the crazy part is the first quarter of this game, I swear to God, I thought I was watching a DVR of the playoff game from last yeah. year. Cause it was like the Falcons drove right down the field. It didn't look very difficult. I was like, they're, if they did any red zone practice this offseason, they're going to win this game 51 to 10. But then no, those two first quarter drives that get down there, they do nothing. Uh, and, you know, we love to blame the offensive coordinator, but Matt Ryan, a little questionable decision-making. I think, by my count, he went one of nine in the red zone, and I know we just talked about he's not getting the greatest routes, uh, but you're the quarterback. You know where everybody's going. I think that's partly on you when you are that bad in the red zone, especially, you know, a big game like this. Okay, so we'll circle back on the Steve Sarkeesian thing. I mean, I, I... – I, I, I'm just looking at my notes from the game, and it's like on the first red zone possession, Julio Jones is off the field in third and fourth down, and and they come out there, and, and they get down to the Philly six, and they run Devontae Freeman up the middle for five yards. They get to the Philly one. They run Devontae Freeman left, right. 
They run it. They run a pass to Freeman. Then they run him out there on fourth down against a team with Nick Foles when you're supposed to have a good defense. I, I get. I like being aggressive on fourth and one, but take the points on the road against the defending champions. If they go up, if they get up, if they get up like twelve nothing, this game is over. Because the Philly fans were booing the Eagles as they left the field when they took a knee at halftime, and it, what was it six to three at halftime? I mean, they just they just let the Eagles stick around and stick around and stick around, and that it drives me nuts. On the on the Matt Ryan thing, I think the biggest issue breach isn't even. By the way, you can follow John Breach on Twitter at John Breach. Um, read his picks every Tuesday morning on CBSSports.com, along with his many great articles. The problem I've got isn't even Matt Ryan's like decision making. His arm looks like it's like a spaghetti noodle. He looked he looked like he developed a changeup this offseason. He he looked terrible. Yeah, no. The thing is, so towards the end of the game, they got down to the ten yard line. They're trying to score, and at first, my thinking was, well, this is perfect because he can just laser a ball in there, and even if the Eagles have all their guys back in coverage, you keep him out of the end zone. But everything you just said. There was no laser. It was like watching something come out of uh, a marshmallow gun. You know, <laughs> it was going so slow, and there was no way he was going to laser anything anywhere. And we, all these throws we saw him make, two of them were too high. He didn't have a fastball. It's like he's lost his fastball. So, and, and you know, we saw the uh, the controversial Julio Jones catch that was ruled incomplete. Well, that's a walk in touchdown. If Matt Ryan isn't out there throwing softballs. It, it, it was just Julio Jones is wide open. He had his man beat. Uh, so Matt Ryan, really, I would say, on the field was the go to the game for the Falcons. All right. So here's I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the the final. Uh, let's see, seven plays for the Atlanta Falcons. Second and one from the Philly 13. Matt Ryan sacked for seven yards. Third and eight from the Philly 20. Matt Ryan passed short left to Muhammad Zanu for ten yards. First and ten. They pick up the first down there, obviously. Uh, first and ten for the Philly ten. Matt Ryan passing complete short right. Second, second and ten for the Philly ten. Matt Ryan passing complete short middle. Third and ten from the Philly ten. Matt Ryan passing complete short right. Fourth and ten. Matt Ryan passing complete short right. Penalty on Jordan Hicks, illegal contact, and then first and five from the Philly five. Matt Ryan passing complete short left to Julio Jones. They ran the same play, but to the opposite, like the same play from the, like you said, from the same play from the playoff game, but to the opposite side of the end zone, and it was just as ineffective. It's unbelievable how they did this. Like, what, what did they, what the hell did they spend the offseason doing? I'm furious about this because I, 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 Maybe I shouldn't be mad. Maybe by superpowers I can curse NFL, NFC teams with bird logos, Breach. I, I, it is a superpower, and I do think you can do it, but you should be mad because it was just it, – it hurt to watch. Uh, you know, like I was – I'm not a Falcons fan, but I was physically painful. I was pained inside. Just – Matt Ryan doesn't – I don't – like I'm, I'm speechless right now just because everything that happened in that playoff game – happened in this game and how does the exact same thing happen twice you don't learn any lessons from it you do the exact same thing over you, you completely fail uh that was just an ugly 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 loss by the falcons okay well let's i mean it's we've spent uh seven minutes or so talking about the falcons which tells you about how this game unfolded is it unfair to the eagles 
to spend that much time talking about the Falcons. I think it's more about the Falcons because they, they should have won this game convincingly, but this is sort of what the Eagles do, right? This is what they did down the stretch last season and in, in, in the playoffs. They did to the Falcons in the playoffs. Get sloppy. Make a couple of plays on offense. They ran the Philly special 2.0 to Nick Foles. Um, they actually ran the, it's not even the Philly special. It's the, I think somebody coined it like the too Philly, too furious or something <laughs> like that. But it's like they ran the same play that Tom Brady and, and the Patriots t- tried to run and Josh McDaniels tried to run the Super Bowl that didn't work. They ran that. Nick Foles completes the pass. Um, they sort of got a little bit of movement. They, they got a JHI going enough in the run game for things to work out. Uh, to the point that they scored 18 points and that was all they needed because their defense played really well, played great in the red zone and didn't let Atlanta capital and capitalize on Atlanta's mistakes, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's one thing we saw with the Falcons. I'm going to take this to the Eagles, but Matt Ryan was getting beat up. He was getting hit all the time. Yeah. And you mentioned how the Falcons are just having the receivers run four fly routes. There's no, they don't do anything crazy. Uh, they're predictable. The Eagles are ready to stop it. And so all the fa- Eagles defensive line just kind of, they were eating up Matt Ryan and the Falcons offensive line all night. And so you can tell when you have a smart offensive mind calling the plays like the Eagles do with Doug Peterson, uh, versus what the Falcons have. Because a big reason you run, if you're the Eagles, you run these RPOs is so that a defensive line can't tee off on you like that. It keeps everyone honest. If you think the quarterback's going to hand the ball off, you're going to have different responsibilities if you're a linebacker or someone coming up. But then if he doesn't hand it off and keeps the ball and passes, so basically it keeps the defense honest, keeps them from being able to bring in a harder pass rush. And we didn't see any of that from the Falcons. So, you know, the Eagles offense, it gets creative. It doesn't have to work on every drive. It didn't tonight. And we scored a couple times. Uh, but then you pull out those Philly specials once in a while and, you know, you're making a mockery of the other team. Uh, actually, and Doug Peterson just confirmed via Jimmy Kimsky of the, uh, Philly Voice, a friend of the podcast, has been on the podcast this all season and a generally good dude. Doug confirmed that he stole the Foles reception play from the one the Patriots used against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. Doug Peterson has a giant set of, like, David Tepper, the Panthers owner. Apparently at Appaloosa Management, his, his holding company, he has a, a set of brass balls like hanging there, like a, like a literal set of brass testicles. Doug Peterson is wearing a, a, a brass testicle holder on like around 24 seven. He took the play the Patriots ran. And then after the Eagles fan booed him for taking a knee at the end of the half, he ran the same play. I, I, I love this guy. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you're the Falcons, that whole game, wouldn't you be thinking, Hey guys, Look out for a crazy trick play. This team <laughs> might run a crazy trick play, and they're probably going to run it when they get really desperate. And what would be more desperate than you getting booed by your own team after you raised a Super Bowl banner coming out into the second half and you're losing because you only scored three points? That is like the peak of desperation. Uh, but yeah, Doug got to give some credit to Doug Peterson. That guy, I mean, he's a top five coach in the NFL right yeah. now in his Second or third year? Uh, Mike Lombardi may have missed on that. Mike Lombardi did. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info, Matt Ryan, red zone passing on Thursday, one of nine with one interception, 0 for three with an interception targeting Julio Jones, uh, according to Kelsey Conway of AtlantaFalcons.com, could follow on Twitter as well, uh, does good work there, that uh, Doug Peterson said, I mean, excuse me, uh, 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 Dan Quinn said, our ability – 
to, to, to score in the red zone has to change. And oh my Eagles. This is from Albert Breer. Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson on Nelson Aguilar's throw to Nick Foles tells the team's broadcast. It wasn't the Philly special. It was the same play the Patriots used the one that Tom dropped. Oh my, that is a dagger. That, I mean, that's fantastic. You know what? I bet tomorrow night Nick Foles is going to call up Giselle. You know, like this team, the whole team just reeks of confidence. They really do. They're strutting around. All right. Um, anything else to, uh, to take? I, I was worried. I mean, like halfway through the game breach, I was worried that there were too many like injuries for the Eagles to overcome. Jay Ajayi was banged up. Carson Wentz is going to miss multiple weeks. They're just fine. I mean, they, they play, they, they, they play good football and they, they, they muddle things up and, and Nick Foles won't be great, but he'll be good enough. Um, my final takeaway from this game, I guess, would be that, um, I got two things. One, the catch rule came into play. You wrote about this with like 1225 in the third quarter. Julio Jones should have caught the ball. They ruled it was incomplete, kind of sleeping on that factor. And, uh, secondly, the green zone is very stupid. The green zone is the worst invention. I don't know who was sitting in a production meeting and said, hey, guys, you know the red zone? Well, let's use a different color, put it on a different spot of the field, and people will – you know, like there's too many colors on the field. We've got the yellow first down line. We've got the red zone. I don't need any more colors. If the field is green, like I'm, my mind is already – I can barely watch a game with all the colors. Do you – do uh, you – did you – do you watch – did you watch 30 Rock? Uh I have seen it. I'm not – Okay, but do you, remember, do, do, do you remember the character Greenzo? David Schwimmer was Greenzo. Was it an no. NBC show? All right, well, it, devotees of uh, Thirty Rock will get that because it's a uh, Green. Oh, Greenzo was the worst character in, in Thirty Rock history, and the Green Zone is the second worst Greenzo move they made in uh, in NBC history. Anyway, but I, and real quick on the catch rule because I was going to mention that, but you did, which is good. Is that it's almost like the NFL lucked out because no one is going to be talking about that play tomorrow mm. or or this weekend all they're going to talk about is how horribly the falcons were <laughs> in the red zone and how perfect of an ending this is if you're the nfl if you have to sit through a delay and a snoozer of a first half this couldn't have gone any better if you're the nfl just to have a wild second half uh and, and getting this crazy finish and nobody's going to remember that we still don't know what it catches that's right um good point breach vast Deep State Conspiracy by Roger Goodell to keep everybody forgetting about the catch rule by having Matt Ryan and the, the Atlanta Falcons be terrible in the red zone. Thanks, Breach, for hopping on after this Thursday night game at 1 o'clock a.m. Enjoy your bourbon. Uh, by the way, just, just so people know, I'm drinking uh, Eagle Rare. What are you drinking? Guys, I got some Jack Daniels honey. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even have to admit it, but I did. I couldn't. Uh, IPAs were not enough after that Falcons loss. Apologies if you rode me on the Falcons. Uh We'll be better. I think it was a winning pick. It just went sideways on us because Sark is a clown. John Breach, always a pleasure. Let's go talk to Pete Briscoe and, and uh, Nick Costas. All right, here we go. The, the segment of this podcast that everybody's been waiting for all week long, all off-season long. You've been dying to see Nick Costas in a tie, Pete Prisco somewhere off camera. I'm just kidding. You can't see either of them. I can, though, because of the video components that's going on. Let me tell you, Nick, that tie. I give it a B plus. I did. So, Pete, is this the segment people were waiting for, or was it Will talking about craft beer? 
Which, which segment do you think? Oh, <laughs> they were waiting for him to talk about his his trip recently to the Funky Buddha about how the craft, all the different craft. Yeah, and all the different IPAs. And cool, were. And he went to a food truck. And yeah, got and cool got, food. yeah, of course. Because every <laughs> you're not hip, cool. You're not cool unless you go to the food truck and you drink a craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I missed you guys. It's good to have both of you on. That, by the way, was the fakest laugh of all time. It was. That was a fake laugh, that Bobby. Was. That was the kind of laugh that when you're at your annual croquet game and somebody cuts a little funny joke, but it's really not that funny, you got to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Brits are so hysterical. Now, do you think that Will gets that when he brings his NFL media buddies onto the podcast to do something? Oh, no, he laughs out loud. Okay, like that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's real laughter. See, we get the fake we laughter. The fake Everyone laugh. else gets the uh, the real laughter. Wow. I thought that was pretty convincing and real. I guess not. Okay. Let's, uh, look, you guys only have so much time. So let's dive into these picks right away. We're going to go in order that they are listed on the super contest, not necessarily in order of the schedule. It might be the same. Who cares? Uh, we'll start with you, Nick Costos, because you're staring at me. The Cleveland Browns are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Highly unlikely that Le'Veon Bell would play, even if he reported right now while we're doing this podcast. Mike Tomlin spitting some mean words about him. The Cleveland Browns have fallen all the way down to three-and-a-half-point dogs. Is it enough for you to take Pittsburgh? You know, it, uh, yeah, of course it's enough for me to take Pittsburgh. You know, I, I tweeted out earlier this offseason that the Browns at plus seven-and-a-half at home with Tyrod Taylor, one of the best bets of all time. But now that we're down to minus three and a half to the Steelers, just way too much value. I, Le'Veon's not going to play in the game. Who cares? It doesn't make a difference. How are they stopping Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster? And oh, by the way, the Steelers have a real head coach and a real organization, not one led by Hugh Jackson, 1-31 and in the past two years. So of course you take the Pittsburgh Steelers in this spot. You're getting them at the Le'Veon Bell discount, and it's not even that big of a deal. Pittsburgh minus the three and a half. I like the Browns. I don't love them. I, I'm with you. I like them a great deal at seven and a half, but that thing's inch down, so, and everybody's putting all their bets on on Cleveland. I don't think Le'Veon Bell will mean that much to them, not having it there. Four and a half points, that's ridiculous. So I would say I would still lean to the Browns. I don't love – do you love Pittsburgh? Um, I may love Pittsburgh. May love not, Pittsburgh. Not, not 100% sure yet, and I am not locking in my super contest picks right now. Not doing it. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. I'm not. That's what the whole podcast. By the way, I have actually already locked mine in with as mine in on Friday. Great. No, no, I'm saying like I have submitted my super contest picks. Me too. Me too. Did as well. Did you take the Thursday game? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, who would you take since since we can't pick that because they'll hear it on Friday morning? Right, right. right. Well, hopefully I'm one and zero, and the Falcons have have given me a cover. The Falcons. It's a terrible pick. I like the Falcons, but you can't uh, take it at a. But you can't take it at a pickup. It was it was plus three and a half, plus four. Yeah, you got you got. It's eagle. It's eagles or nothing in the contest. I almost took Philly. I decided not to. Yeah, I didn't play the game. Please, the Falcons are just going to win by ten points against Nick Foles. It's pretty easy. Um, I'm I'm on the Browns here. Not not making it a best bet by any stretch, but I, I like the Browns at the points. I actually think the Browns are going to beat the Steelers outright. I think the Steelers yeah. are about to careen into oblivion with a disastrous season that may or may not result in Mike Tomlin being fired. Okay. Certainly. So, you got, so the Browns are one of your best bets then. No, I'm not taking the Browns. If you're taking the Cleveland to win the game, game, then why would it have to be one of your best bets? Well, why, wait, why can't I, why are the Falcons not a good bet if I took them to win the game? Now, bearing in mind that I could look stupid because the game's Because you're, you're, you're getting a bad number. 
Yeah, and you're getting three and a half at home. If you think they're going to win the game, why would you take the points? You guys just said it's a bad number because it was at seven and a half. I don't like the number because it fell down too much. Well, I you're going to win the game. What's the difference when you get four or five or three? You, you think you're going to win the game. Why would you take them? I had a, I had four. I had five picks above the Browns. They were my sixth pick. and then uh, wait, wait, so Who's going to win the AFC North, Will? The Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> now that's a now that's a fake laugh. That was, oh, that's a mocking laugh. Yeah. All right, let's move along. The Minnesota Vikings. You're following RJ on that. Well, one, so, so real quick, so Pete and Will have the Browns. Do you, don't you, love so, you, you guys go with King Lake Erie the first. I'll go with the Pittsburgh. Steelers. He loves them. Okay, I don't yep. love them. Uh, the look, the Ben Roethlisberger sticks on the road. Vikings minus six and a half hosting. The trendy white hot 49ers missing Jared McKinnon, but they have Alfred Morris and Matt Breda. Who you got here, Costos? Um, I like the Vikings quite a bit in this spot here. Um, I wish that it were six and not six and a half, but as long as it's below a touchdown, uh, you have to like Minnesota. You know, Niners have been way overhyped this offseason. Love Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think this team ready for prime time just yet. The Minnesota Vikings, I feel like, are ready for prime time. The one thing that makes me nervous is if Kirk Cousins kind of spits the bit in his Vikings debut at home, a lot of pressure on him. But the Vikings 1-53 through 53 are just a much better team. And, you know, I, I definitely lean towards the Vikings, and this may be one of my one of my contest picks. I lean toward the Vikings, too. It wasn't one of my contest picks, but I, I'm with you. I, I think that the 49ers are overhyped. Uh, the only major concern I have here is that Vikings offensive line against the 49ers down guys. That could be a mismatch. That could be a problem. And if Kirk Cousins gets people in his face, he's going to turn it over. I lean to the Vikings. I do not love them, but I will lean to the Vikings. On May 16th, to the year of our Lord, 2018, I placed a wager on the Vikings minus five. Stealing, stealing my stick. Stealing yep. stick again. That's okay. Jamie stole my stick all week. Yeah. It is what it is. Stealing stick. You've got a cavalcade of sticks. I hate to break it to you. I do have a lot of cavalcade, by the way, my word. And, yeah. and I do have a cavalcade of stick, and you guys steal it all. I, never, okay. I never steal. Wait, I wait, wait. What's your, is, your stick, is your stick the year of our Lord? Yes, I did. You think you came up with that? I'm the one that says it on CBS all the time, not you. Well, that doesn't mean it's your stick. You can't drag it over to CBS. It's for me, 100%, Pete. Oh, my God. I will, I will back Nick on that. Wow. You are. From our Lord 2018, you stole it. Don't steal any of his sticks. They're not worth it. I just, I just. I just can't believe. You think you stole the, you think you made the year of our Lord your stick. I'm, I'm not saying I invented it. What I'm saying is you took it from me since I say it all the time at the same place that you work and now you say it, you took it from me. And Cavalcade's um, another one that you've taken from them. So what happened? Either that or, you, or they say it a lot at, uh, with Demeshek in the gang. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I say <laughs> Demeshek. I say, <laughs> I say Cavalcade in a mocking way. Towards Costas. Like, the whole point of saying cavalcade is so Nick's like, why is, why is everybody saying cavalcade? That's why I thought Jamie was doing it too. At any rate, on, in May of the year 2018, I took the, uh, the Vikings minus five. I still like the Vikings minus six and a half. It is one of my best bets. Give me wow. Vikings minus six and a half. They're just a better, they're just a better team. They have a great home field advantage. Uh, no, but we all didn't take them as the best bet though. Well, I haven't put my picks but in yet. I'm, I'm considering. He loves, now that he likes it, you're going to go the other way. It. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're jumping yeah. shit. Hey, speaking of stealing sticks, allow me to steal, steal Jim Nance's for a minute. Pete, there's, uh, no greater, no greater, uh, September tradition than a tradition like no other. Nick Costos refusing to buckle down and nail his picks in the week one of the, uh, the super contest podcast. It's a tradition unlike any other. That's and what I just said. Covered. 
He doesn't want to give his picks out. I don't know what they are yet. I've got like seven of them that I like. I'm going to take five of them, and I'll t- say all the ones that are that are in play. Asterisk. Okay. Major asterisk in week one. All right. Colts. I beat you guys last year, so it's all good. I think no. we tied. Colts. When I tied, Pete came in last, correct? Yeah. That's right. Like a game behind. You, you, you came in last. <laughs> I did. Game behind. Last. Colts minus three, hosting the Bengals. This line stinks, Nick. It stinks to high heaven. It really does. I, I don't, I could see anything. I could see, but because I feel like the Bengals could easily win the game, I feel like you have to take Cincinnati with the points. I love the Bengals with the points, but I'm worried about the line. The line scares me. It really scares me. But I mean, it's not like Dwight Freeney and Robert Look, I saw them two or three weeks ago in their dress rehearsal game. They stink. They will get run on. They will get thrown on. They will not stop them. Uh, and I don't know if it's lucky to keep up. So I, I like the Bengals a lot. I'm going to give you a line that you can feel free to steal for one of your sticks, Nick. Well, let's see how good it is first. Some, be good. Sometimes a line is just a line. And in this case, the line is just a line. The, I mean, like, the Bengals are getting points here because Andrew Luck is back and the Colts are favored at home for some reason. They shouldn't be. Give me the Bengals. It's one of my best bets. Bengals plus three. They're going to win this game outright. They are better at almost every position except for quarterback. And we don't know that the Colts are better at quarterback. I like the Bengals plus three as a best bet. I wasn't listening to anything he said because I was trying to make sense of the line, line is a line, line comments and how it factored into what he said next. Know. And it made absolutely no. No, I didn't get it. No. Well, so, right, look, sometimes I, a line. You're, sometimes, you're, you're like. You're moto this week. Every, you're the master of the obvious. Every pick you have is obvious. Somebody at NFL.com must have given you some tips or something. <laughs> speaking, speaking of sticks, um, so I guess oh, can't wait, can't wait to kick these guys off the podcast again. <laughs> I didn't kick anybody off a podcast. You guys are just uh, too important with your CBS Sports HQ board. By the way, every night starting at six o'clock on Thursday. You're listening on Friday, but on Friday you can watch it too. Nick Costos and Pete Prisco live from the CBS Sports Studios in Fort Lauderdale on CBS Sports HQ. And if you don't know what CBS Sports HQ is, let me tell you. It's a great, free, new streaming service from CBS Sports. No bull, just sports. It's a pretty good line, right? Pretty good line, Nick? It's not a good line. Actually, substantial amount of bull, but... Yeah. Yeah, it yes. is. It is. A, it is excellent analysis on fantasy gambling. Not a bunch of storylines and hype and nonsense. It's for straight sports fans. You should check it out. CBSSports.com backslash live. Prisco and Costos are all over it. Moving I'm along. Over it, and then Pete's kind of like my sidekick, but yeah. I'm his crutch. I gotta, we're not, I gotta, we don't. We don't need to get it. I got I'm like a, I'm like a guy that, like in a fire. I gotta put him on my back. No, and carry I'm. See, him. I'm Atlas, and you're like one no, of the things. I gotta on my carry. Back. I gotta yeah. carry you. I carry the kid in, in a lot of ways. Boy, having you guys in the same room sure is delightful. Uh, Ravens. Like for us. <laughs> Ravens minus seven and a half hosting the Bills, Nick. Oh, this is one of my best bets. Mine I too. think it's one of the easiest bets Me of too. the week to make. Me too. It's- I'm taking Nathan Peterman You're and the horrible. Buffalo Bills to cover the spread. I'm- like, We're on the other side. Well, I, I think that you'll lose because you're on the – look, maybe you'll win, and I acknowledge that that's a possibility, but um, you're on the, the moto side here, the master of the obvious side. I'm going the other way because it seems like it's too good to be true. It seems like it's too easy. It's not going to be that easy. It Baltimore will, will win the game, but this is not going to be the lapper that many people think it will be. They will win by 13 points. They will cover the number. The Bills are awful with a capital A. 
They, the Ravens will win 16-13. Nathan Peterman out of the equation. Where are the Bills good? Just give me where they're good. I think their, their defense isn't bad. Really? It's going to be the That's same good. formula as last year. They're not good. They're Do you like Tremaine Edmonds? They're going to run the ball and play good defense, right? I, why can't they? They're going to line the ball. Troll McCoy is a good running back. He's going to have 25 yeah, carries. He's going to have like an 80, 90 yards. He's blocks. Maybe. I love, love, love. The Baltimore Ravens. No, I'm taking Baltimore. It's too easy for Baltimore. That's a master of the obvious pick, Baltimore. This line, they're begging you to take Buffalo. Begging you to take Buffalo. No, they're not. They're begging you to take Baltimore. What are you talking about? Six and a half would be begging you to take Baltimore. No, seven and a half. If the line's below ten, they're begging you to take Baltimore. Who are you taking, Bridget? I'm taking the Ravens. It's not a best bet. I I mean, I just don't trust the Bills. The Bills stink. 71% of the action's on the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, because they're smart. By the way, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot to. Oh, I well, seventy-one percent of the bets are on the Baltimore Ravens, but according to the Action Network, and shout out to Action Network hooked us up. We can we can reference their their money stuff here. Ninety percent of the money is on the Baltimore Ravens, so it's not like you're looking at a situation where it's a a reverse. By the way, uh, it's sixty-nine percent of the bets and eighty-two percent of the money on the Bengals. Hmm. What's that? Did they, did they sign something with did, CBS? Yeah. Did they hook? Who they, they No, they gave me access to the money thing so we could, uh, so we could. They look gave at you the, access you, to the you. money. I didn't see, I didn't see you say us. I saw you said you. What do you mean? What do you mean you? You could have said anybody. You could have said Salvi. You could have said Paulie. You could have said anybody, but you said you. You didn't say us. What's the problem there? You see the problem? You're getting inside information to help you make your picks to beat us, and you didn't offer it to Wait, us. Wait, so did, is, did, did the Action Network do something with CBS Sports HQ, or is this like a Bobby Brunson going like like underhanded under the table? He went rogue. Deal here? He went I rogue. Mean, it's just, it's just, you, anybody can sign up for an account. You can sign up for a pro account. So, no, 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 so, 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 so you signed up for an account. They didn't give it to you. No, they gave it to him. What about a sports line account? What about us? What about our sports side? My God. All I'm trying to do is tell you that we can access the money. We can talk about it on this podcast. Nick's not even locking his picks till Saturday morning. Once he hears all the information on this podcast, once he figures out what Pete and I have, we see your little shenanigans. He plays that. He does play that game. Yeah. Well, I told, I'm not taking Baltimore, but I very, may very well take Buffalo. I can't wait. In, in about a minute after this next pick, I'm going to do a commercial read and you guys are going to love what it's for. Uh, just kidding. We'll do it in about three picks. Jaguars minus three at the Giants. The Pete Prisco special, Nick. Who you got? Oh, I feel like I, I have to make this one of my picks because I've been saying it all offseason. You have now, been. I do think that come Sunday, for those of you that will be gambling on the games themselves, I think the line's going to dip under three. And when this line, do the true story, I have never once bet against the New York Giants, my favorite team growing up. I've never bet against them. When this line goes to two and a half on Sunday – I will bet against the New York football giants because Jacksonville is going to absolutely annihilate them. The Jaguars will probably be one of my contest picks. They are one of my contest picks. I, I think this will be a major mismatch. That defensive line, yeah, look, the Giants supposedly fixed their offensive line. They still have major problems there and major questions. You know, can Will Hernandez handle things right away? No. The center any good? No. no. Is the left tackle worth the money? No. Is the right tackle any good? No. Is the right guard any good? No. Okay, there you go. There's the difference in the game. Jacksonville will do just enough to cover that number. I think they win by maybe 10. I think this is an easy win. I got the Giants winning and covering in this game. Don't know why. It just didn't make sense. Jaguars shouldn't be favored by three on the road. Jaguars, eh, I can see the Giants coming out and getting a uh, a little surprise reverse revenge win against Tom Coughlin. And making him eat it in the Meadowlands. So I got the I got the Giants, but it's not one of them. Not the other way yeah, around. Right. I mean. 
he's the one who's going to be laughing. Who, Tom Coughlin? They got rid of him. They've been through two, there's a second coach since. That's true. Uh, anyway, I got the Giants. I think the Giants hold serve at home and surprise some people against the Jaguars in week one. Gi- Jaguars went up there and lost to the Jets last year. Anything is possible in the NFL. Saints hosting the Buccaneers, who are without Jameis Winston, Nick, and the Saints are nine and a half point favorites. Big line. I, I can tell you this will be one of my five contest picks. Unequivocally, 100% will be. I'm taking the points with the Buccaneers. I love this when Jameis was the quarterback. Now you're getting a couple points of value, and is it really that big of a drop-off that it merits that? I don't think so. I think the Bucks are better than a lot of people think. Maybe not good enough to go in there and win the game outright, but everyone's going to take the Saints, and I'm going to take Tampa Bay, and I think the Bucks keep this game relatively close, maybe lose by a touchdown, 34-27, something of that ilk. I will take the points from Tampa. I'm with you. I don't get why, the, why this number is what it is. It should be a touchdown. It shouldn't be nine and a half. I don't care uh, whether Fitzpatrick's playing or not. He can get good for one game. He's just not going to do it over the course of three. I think he plays okay here. They don't win the game but they keep them within the number. All right. I've got uh, the Saints here. I don't trust the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers stink. Saints are going to bloodbath them. Alvin Kamara field day. Actually, I think that the, the Buccaneers will play pretty well in terms of rush defense and that the Saints and Drew Brees will be forced to throw, but will win the game handily. Patriots hosting the Texans. Patriots minus six and a half. Not one of my best bets this box. Okay. So. Speaking of a stink bomb, in terms of a line, Patriots minus six and a half against Deshaun Watson and the Texans, Nick. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots here. I don't really feel great about it, but, you know, Deshaun Watson's coming off the ACL. And while I think he'll have a great season, I kind of want to see it first. And I know Watts back and I know Clowney's there and Merciless is there, but it's Tom Brady. I'm staying away from this game. I'm not going to bet it. It's not going to be a contest pick, but we're picking the game, so I'll lay it with New England. Yeah, I, I don't like this game either, but if I had to lean one way or the other and lean to the Patriots, I, I just think that... Texans' offensive line is going to be a problem all year long. Belichick, and they know how to go against that kind of weakness and expose it. I think they will expose it. I think Watson will run for his life. I don't know if he can run the way he used to coming off the ACL. I like the Patriots. I don't love them. I like the Patriots a little bit. I'm taking the Texans to keep it within a field goal. I think New England will win, but I, I, Deshaun Watson is a gamer. This is as health, healthy as the Texans will be all season. Uh, J.J. Watt should go out there and have a pretty nice game. I think they'll be motivated to, to play well. Won't be enough to, for Bill O'Brien to beat, for the Grasshopper to beat the Sensei, but they will keep it close. The Miami Dolphins, home dogs against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee minus one and a half in Miami, Nick. You know, I, I really kind of want to take the Miami Dolphins, but I think I've maybe in the last 24 hours or so talked myself into taking the Tennessee Titans. It's a major, major stay away game for me. But Pete, I know this runs counter to what you and I have talked about. When I know you're about to take Miami, not to give your pick away, but I'm going to go with Tennessee here because I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over this Miami Dolphins defense. It's not one of my best bets. It's a really tough game to pick. And I feel like Miami's probably the smarter play, but I just think the Titans are better. So I will take the Tennessee Titans. The run defense does worry me a little bit in this game because I know, you know, Tennessee, that's what they want to do. They want to pound Henry. But I think Miami's the better team. I I think Miami's getting better. I don't know if Tennessee is getting better. And I worry about Mariota. Uh, I think that this is going to be one of those games where it's late in the game. Dolphins have to find a way late to not only cover the number but win it. Miami is one of my best bets. Oh, Miami's also one of my best bets, Pete. That's the kiss of death for you, my oh, friend. God, God help me. Um, I've got – look, here's the deal. I think that – I was thinking about this you know, maybe yesterday or today. Adam Gase, for whatever reason, is catching flack for his job with Miami. I mean, he's been there two years. They went to the playoffs the first season when they had a terrible team, 
And in the second season last year, they had uh, a, tor- a hurricane displaced them for multiple for like multiple weeks. They didn't get to play in week one, so they never got a bye. They had an offensive line coach who was ensnared in a, um, a an escort cocaine situation. And they had, uh, uh, like a, a starting linebacker go AWOL before the season. I think when you look at what he does, Adam Gase, in terms of first game of the year, plays really, gets his team re- really ready to play. Almost beat Seattle in Seattle back in 2016, beat the Chargers in week two last year. I think they hold serve at home and win the Los Angeles Chargers minus three and a half, Nick, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs and everybody's favorite quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you're giving me the half point. I'm going to take it with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. And this is, again, this is a really hard game to pick. And I do feel like the Chargers might be the smarter side. I will not bet on the game. It will not be a contest pick for me. I just think the Chargers are overrated by people. And I know that they have all the ingredients. They also had all the ingredients last year, too. And I just don't think the head coach is very good. And I think it's a major mismatch in that regard. Now, I am a little worried about Mahomes against this defense. The Chargers defense is going to be really good. Most is Questionable for Sunday. I think he'll play, but he's questionable. Would you be shocked if the Chargers came out and did what they always do in September, lay an egg, Chiefs win? Would you be shocked? I wouldn't. So you give me that hook, and I'll take it with KC. I will lay the three and a half, but I don't love it. I'm, I'm, I just think the Kansas City defense is bad, and I think that's going to be a season-long problem. I think Rivers is going to have a big day here. Uh, you know, Mahomes is going to be phenomenal. I love the guy. I think he's going to be a star, but this is a first-road start this year when he's the man. There's a big difference between starting in, in, at the end of last year when the game didn't matter to starting right now. Uh, I like the Chargers minus the points. Nick, we only get one more shot to do this this season, so let's go. Andy Reid, off the bye. Andy Reid, off the bye. He's just ended. He had a lot of time to prepare. No, he's been playing the Chargers since April, and that's a lot of time to prepare. And we're taking Andy Reid, and he's off the bye. Let's see, I, this is a super contest pick for me. It was bad. I'm sorry. Andy Reid, Andy Reid is eight no straight up in his last eight games against the Chargers. He, he's, the Andy Reid, Anthony Lynn matchup is a, is a, is a hard, is a, like, next level mismatch that, that shouldn't be allowed to be happening. And the Chiefs shouldn't be getting three and a half. I like the over a lot in this game. I said earlier in the week, I'd lock it in at 47 and a half if you have the ability to do that. Uh, I will definitely take the Kansas City Chiefs plus three and a half in my best bets. Broncos hosting the Seahawks, Nick. Broncos minus three. Um, I really like the Denver Broncos in this spot. A little bit of revenge for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Not <laughs> quite with entirely different teams almost. But, um, yeah, I, I really like Denver here. Um, I'm not high on the Seahawks this year. I think they're going to have a lot of difficulty this season. The offensive line's not great. That's not conducive to Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing the passer. And I think that the Broncos are going to be able to exploit the Seahawks' defense. I know Earl Thomas is back, but, I mean, pretty much the whole cavalcade <laughs> Super Bowl run pretty much all gone. I think Denver is going to lay a whooping on them in this spot. I, I don't like the Broncos a lot this season on the whole, but I do like them in this game. So like I, a best bet for you. I, it, it, it's not. I will lay it with Denver. Though. I will lay it too. It's not one of my best bets, but I, I, I'm concerned a little bit that the number's only three. If it was, you know, it's almost like they're baiting you to take the Broncos. I, I do like the Broncos in this game. I think they'll get after the quarterback. I think Wilson will, you know, turn the ball over once or twice. But Seattle's not going to be as bad as people think they are, including myself who picked them to win, I think, five or six games. They're tough. They're a tough-minded team. They'll hang around. But I will take the Broncos barely in this game. Uh, I got the Broncos, too, and I, this is a tough game for me. I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, if the Seahawks came in and win. Came in and won, but these these next two games are tough for me. Panthers minus three hosting the Cowboys, another very difficult game. Uh, Panthers minus three, Nick. 
I think this will be one of my best bets this week. Mm. And, I'm taking, and I'm taking the road team. Yeah, I knew you liked that. The Dallas Cowboys. America's team. Ezekiel Elliott. A better game for Dak Prescott than people think. I think this Cowboys front seven is a lot better than people think. And I think Cam Newton's going to be under some duress in this game. I think Dallas might be the better team overall than the Carolina Panthers. I think Zeke's going to go hog wild in this game. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I don't love either team. I lean to the Panthers. I, I don't think Cowboys are very good. I think they're going to have problems running the football. They don't scare anybody down the field in the passing game. Uh, without Frederick in the middle, that's going to be a problem. I'll take the Panthers. I got the Panthers and it is, uh, it's, it's, I'm not taking it as a best bet because for the same reasons as the Broncos, I could see it being a close game that would ultimately get you a half a point, uh, if it ends up being a push. Cardinals minus one. That, this line has moved a ton. It was, uh, I think Redskins favorite and now, uh, ended, ended with Cardinals minus one, Nick, hosting the Redskins. Do I have to take the Redskins as a, as a, as a best bet here considering like everything I said about them this offseason? They're my have, dark horse team. I don't know if I'm going to or not. They're one of the teams I'm considering, but I'm definitely hail to the Redskins, hail victory, Braves on the warpath, fight for old D.C. Alex wow. Smith in the house. I think this offensive line's better with Trent Williams and Morgan Moses back healthy. I think this defensive line's going to be better. Let's get Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne there, stopping the run. I like the Redskins quite a bit. Don't like the Cardinals a lot this season. Love the Washington Redskins to win the game outright in the desert. And I love the Arizona Cardinals in this game. I think Sam Bradford, when he's on the field, is one of the most underrated players in the league. He will be able to make throws. That Redskins secondary is average at best. I think there's going to be opportunities down the field for him. Uh, I know he doesn't have, they don't think he has a lot of weapons. Fitzgerald will be able to make some plays. This is going to be a close game, but I like the Cardinals outright to win here. In fact, they're one of my best bets. I wish you would stop typing, Nick, and I also very much like the Arizona Cardinals. You know why? Because Jay Gruden, I like the Redskins. I pick him to win the division. Jay Gruden's never won a, the, a week one game in his career as the Redskins head coach. Team starts slowly, got a new quarterback, putting a lot of stuff in. Give me the Cardinals in this spot, although not a best bet. And because for time constraints, by the way, if you're if you're constrained for time, Nick, and you're worried about being able to to get everything done that you need to get done, well, just and, do this after the show after I'm gone. No, Don't you can you, 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 you gotta wait. You gotta, you, you gotta wait sixty seconds for it. If you're worried about time constraints and being able to watch every single game from the NFL that you wish you could watch after the game's end, you want to go back and rewatch them. You want to check out the All Twenty Two. You want to be able. To, to see how Patrick Mahomes looks from the bird's eye view, see it the way that Pete Prisco sees it, break it down with that beautiful mind the week after the games, then you need NFL Game Pass. It's the only way to watch every single game from the week that was in the NFL in condensed fashion, so you can speed up and get to HQ at 6 o'clock. Uh, you can watch the full games, the full broadcast, or the coaches tape. All are available, and they all are available now on a free seven-day trial. Go to NFL.com backslash Pick six. That's NFL.com backslash pick six for a free seven day trial of NFL Game Pass. All right. We're going to lump three games together to close out. Nick, I want you to make three picks at once Sunday night and the two Monday night games. Packers are minus seven and a half hosting the Bears. Lions are minus six and a half hosting the Jets and the Rams are minus four at the Raiders. Um, I'm not going to have the Sunday night game as a contest pick. I think I might like the Bears. Yeah. I like the Bears. No, to you cover, don't. Not to win. No, you don't. I don't know. You know what? I'll take Green Bay. Okay. I will take Green Bay. But I will say that my guess, 
actually will the scowl you just gave, which no one can see, is appropriate because I kind of did just flip-flop just there. Um, but I, I've kind of been wrestling back and forth with it here. I've loved Green Bay all offseason. I'll stick with the Packers. It won't be a contest big, but I do love the over in this game, and I will play that with my own hard-earned money, 47, 47 and a half, 48. I don't care. The game's going over. Don't love the Packers, but we'll pick them, and uh, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. He will continue to own the Bears. Indeed, that is absolutely true. Uh, the two Monday night games, I will lay it in the first game with the Lions. Rookie quarterback making his first start on the road. Won't be a contest pick. I will bet on it because it's a Monday night game, so why wouldn't I? So yes, Mr. I, Monday night. I will, yes, Mr. Mr. Monday, Monday night. night. This will not be one of my Mr. Monday night picks. However, in the next game, I will have a Mr. Monday night pick. The and Lions one, are one of my best bets. I love the Lions this week. I think they blow up the Jets. Bad start for a rookie on the road on Monday night. That's why. The master will beat the students in game number two. I, I, I John don't know if Bruden, them, but it's going to cover. John Bruden and the Oakland Raiders will beat the Los Angeles Rams in the first game of the season. No Khalil Mack, no problem. Arden Key. Knows, Arden Key. I love Arden Key, by the way. I haven't made a couple ADP, IDP links. But you know what the deal is. You know that John Bruden knows exactly what Sean McVay is going to do. They're going to have that defense scheme, though. Now, the players aren't as good. The Rams are going to score some points. I think Derek Carr is going to score some points as well. I did say they're going to win, and I'll stick with that, but I do think that we'll cover the spread if they lose. So I, I will take the Raiders here plus the four. I will take the Raiders plus the four as well. I think they cover the number. I don't know if they win the game, but they'll cover the number. I got the Raiders winning as well in my picks that I submitted to the site yesterday. I think everybody in the world is going to be on the Rams except for us. We got the Raiders. I like it. I'm taking the Bears plus the seven and a half. Think Green Bay wins. And then I will take the New York Jets to cover in a game that no one is expecting. You know why, guys? Because no stage is too big for Sam Darnold. That's why. Except for the Cotton Bowl. Except for the and Cotton the football Bowl. too big for his hands. That's a whole other story. His little tiny baby hands. All right, you can follow him at the Costas. Give you out your best bets since we picked them. Oh yeah, I. Uh, who are your best bets, Pete? All right, Ravens, Jaguars, Dolphins, Cardinals, and Lions. All right. Um, I am choosing between. I will probably end up taking the Redskins, Raiders, Cowboys. Jaguars and Bills. Oh, and I'm going to work the Bucks in. Those will be, I'll choose five of those six games. Or I won't. Or I'll take another one. But or you won't. You'll change it and you'll tell something different and you'll cheat. No, but I mean, but it will be one of the picks that I, okay. it'll be five of the picks I gave. Brinson, read yours out. I have the Falcons, which has already happened, I'm sure, is a one and oh. Vikings minus six and a half. Bengals plus three. I'm scrolling. Dolphins plus one and a half and Chiefs plus three and a half. Good luck to you gentlemen this weekend. Thank you for making the picks. Follow Nick at... And also, also watch CBS Sports HQ Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Yours truly hosting gambling and fantasy shows. They just released a press release for it. Brinson, if you kindly retweet my tweet since I retweet all your stuff, Prisco did the same. You already did, did actually. Thank you very much. The Sportsline Edge, where we will give you Fantasy, daily fantasy and gambling. You want to win money. You want to win your fantasy matchups. You absolutely must watch the show Saturday morning, 11 a.m., Sunday, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., and from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Yours truly, Jamie Eisenberg, Pete Prisco, Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports HQ, simulcast on CBS Sports Radio. It is going to be awesome. Can't wait for it. Uh, best of luck to all the listeners out there. Hope you win your money and your fantasy matchups. Best of luck. We, and hope I win between us. I believe that is what's called a mic drop from Nick Costos as he slammed his laptop and stormed off to the CBS Sports HQ set. Um, given the noise that it made, I don't know if it came through or not, I'm a little less inclined to believe that Nick and Pete knew what they were doing while they were recording. Apologies if the audio was not perfect. Yell at Costos on, on Twitter, at the Costos. Yell at Pete at Prisco CBS. Yell at me at Will Brinson. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday to break down the full week one schedule. Football's here, everybody!